Okay, hey everyone, welcome to Taz Talk, the show where we talk about the Adventure Zone podcast. Um, today we're talking about Amnesty episode 22. Is it 22 already? Yeah, already. Jeez, yeah I, I really like be. this episode a lot. Yeah, um, I, f- I feel I like every episode exciting. is very, um, we get a lot done, I feel. Yeah, I thought we got a lot of really good NPC interaction in this episode. Yeah, we did! Like, that's something I think we've complained about before, is like, why don't we get more out of these, like, people? But I thought there was a lot <laughs> of good stuff with Hollis, uh, yeah. a lot of good stuff with Danny. Um, I, uh, you want to get, we, let's just start with Hollis, because I have a couple of notes about Hollis. Yes, let's talk about Hollis. Um, you and I theorized after the last episode that we, we were hoping that, you know, the Pine Guard were going to partner up with the Hornets and that they were going to, you know, um, take on the Bomb Bomb together. Um, as we saw in this episode, uh, maybe that's probably not going to happen. It, it doesn't seem like they were very interested in working together. Um, yeah. Yeah, which, I, you know, that that's how the story folded out, and then, you know, I guess it's okay. I think, yeah, I think it makes, like, it. if they're a rowdy gang, it kind of makes more sense if they feel more adversarial, but yeah. they're a bunch of dumb kids, obviously, <laughs> and it's like, it feels like really wasting a resource not to team up with these people who obviously have a lot more knowledge and experience about what's going on. Like, yeah. I thought, it, it's, I guess they're, you know, like... They're young and don't want, like, you know, they're bikers or whatever. Like, the local, like, street, you know, hoodlums. They don't want to team up with people, I guess. Like, they're, they're young, I don't know why. dumb, and full of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm stupid. Of course, they tried to get information out of them, but, like, the actual pine guard like wouldn't admit to anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's it also, how, okay. It also seemed like the, the biker gang, um, they were very adamant about like you guys are useless to us you aren't protecting us people are still dying like they yeah. also didn't really seem like they wanted to be in cahoots um but and this isn't the last of them that we're going to see like they still have no, the option to go not. approach them but they have to tell them about everything if they want to work with them yeah i think i think so the problem here is that like i think they don't want to work with the pine guard unless the pine guard opened or, I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. Like I, think, I think you're if correct. If the Pine Guard opened up to them, then they would be able to, like... It's like they, they can't team up... They can't team up with the Pine Guard if the Pine Guard won't admit that there's anything yes. actually going on. They, and I think, like, Mama is really uncomfortable with that, obviously. Yes, and Barclay, yes, yes. obviously, because of all the complications of, like, they don't want people to find out about Sylvain or etc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, that's kind they of a tricky situation. They can't establish trust... Because they very clearly don't trust each other. Um, yeah. I, but I think they got themselves into this situation because of their roles. Like, I kind of wonder if they had been... Like, if Duck had been more successful when he was trying to talk to them in the first yeah. time. If yeah, If they could have patched true. something up or, or lied to them more convincingly. But now they're just stuck in a situation where they have to be fully transparent if they want the Hornets to help them. So now I'm curious, are the Hornets going to be a hindrance to them in the future? Like... Are they going to have a big bad and then all of a sudden the like the hornets come in and save them or, or do more harm? Like now they're just a more, they're a wild card now because we weren't able to commandeer their partnership. I I really loved when um, 
when Justin made one of those poor rolls and Clint offered to help. Yes, yes, And yes. Justin was like, no, I think the mixed success is more interesting for Griffin. I just, mm-hmm. like, love this, like, very, how frank and open they are about yeah. the pro- the storytelling process and about the way. It's not like, I I think, it's, like, really cool to, that's what's really neat about this medium is being able to see the process, not just, like, the end result of how yeah. they're putting this story together. And it's really neat when they just, like, Again, following this kind of trend of, I think, them being much more comfortable with the way they use the rules yeah, for the story instead of just, like, being really, like, being re- like just sticking to the rules and not caring or yeah. just, like, disregarding, like, it's they're not just disregarding the rules willy-nilly, though. They're still using the Monster of the Week structure to tell this story, but I feel like they have a really good balance with, like, balancing yeah. the, the mechanics yeah. and the storytelling. Balance. <laughs> balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's, I think, what we've loved about the McElroy since the beginning is everything they do is so collaborative. Um, but it's just that this this game format really showcases how collaborative they really can be in, in terms of storytelling. So I, I yeah. appreciated that part as well. Yeah. Um, I was wondering when clint or when um ned was just ta- trying to distract the hornets by talking about saturday night dead yeah um and was naming those like horror movies do you think clint is actually a horror movie buff or was he just making up fake movie titles and adding in real actors to make them sound more convincing you know at this point if you can't tell the difference i think he's doing a great job <laughs> um, I wouldn't, <laughs> that's true I wouldn't yeah be, i wouldn't be surprised at all if clint was like super into horror movies actually i, I kind of why didn't i just look up the horror movies as i was listening i should have because they sounded they sounded very legit they sounded ve- like yeah i mean i think it's easy this is like do you remember this this past candle night season on the bim bam where justin had that game that's a christmas to me yes that was such Fucking a good hilarious. game. <laughs> and for anybody listening to this who doesn't listen to Mabim Bam, he was basically, he would describe two Hallmark Christmas movie plots and then the plot of a third Christmas movie that he and his wife made up. And he had, <laughs> he had like titles and actors and everything. And you had to guess which one was the fake one. Yeah. Um, it was a difficult game. <laughs> I could I not like... tell. I could not tell. <laughs> yeah, with like something like campy horror the 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 everything that exists already is so out there that I think it's really easy to make up convincing examples on the fly. So I wouldn't be surprised either way if they were real and Clint just loves horror movies or like he was just making them up. <laughs> yeah. It's always really fun to see like either the way their real life hobbies come into play with their characters or how much research they put into it because this yeah. is very similar I feel like to um Travis actually being into stage magic and that being part of a big part of Aubrey's character and backstory or like I'm still wondering how much research Justin did about forest rangering or if he just happens (laughs) to know a lot of like convincing sounding stuff like for all I know if there's any actual forest rangers listening to the adventure zone they're going like that sounds like bullshit you you know blah blah blah. but like I sound convinced or I for he sounds convinced he doesn't go to work a whole lot (laughs) <laughs> true he doesn't see or he actually. seems to have a lot of pto like Pidge is doing overtime that's why she's not around <laughs> or not Pidge. Ju- judah jonah mm. jo- uh, juno. juno 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 is it juno divine i think so that's a wicked name that i'm it just is. now processing it is 
I also loved when, when Clint or when Ned was saying the movie titles, like Hollis discreetly writing them down on their phone or whatever would <laughs> yes. like trying to, you know, like trying to act tough still. Fucking adorable. I also realized that like I always picture Ned being the same height as Merle, which I don't think is what? how it's supposed to be, but like I'm so what? used to picturing Clint's character Merle as very was small. A dwarf. That like I know, and that's why it's so ridiculous. But whenever what? I realize like and it's something that's like I think been un like subconsciously like bothering me too this whole time like I'll picture of like I knew something was wrong with my mental picture and today I just re- or yeah when I was listening to it I guess yesterday I just realized like oh I'm always imagining him really small oh my gosh <laughs> um I really liked how we got to see some new skills this episode um we got yeah. to see duck use trust me which I thought was so good that that was that was like it, it felt as good to me as like Geralt or Dupree felt, you know, like it was like a that was a really unexpected but really good move for that scenario. Yeah, it felt really organic. Yes, yes, yes. I appreciated that a lot. And then we also got to see um, Ned use internet friends, which he hasn't really utilized a whole lot. Yes. (laughs) I I really, they walked it back, but I really wanted them to keep it in canon to have Kirby just like bursting out of a basement closet like a cartoon (laughs) character. I thought that was so fucking funny. Oh my God. (laughs) I hope that, um, I hope that Ned really does like utilize Kirby some more. Like I would love to see more Kirby. I would love to have a more of an excuse to, for Kirby to be involved and also maybe, for Billy to be involved. Like, it, what if Billy and Kirby are best friends because they spend so much time together? <laughs> like, I want that fleshed out. Billy is good. If Billy becomes closer to any of the other characters, they're going to end up being, like, the Scooby to somebody Shaggy, <laughs> right? Because they are a goat person, so it's still, like, a like I don't know how much friends they could become with someone as much as, like, I don't want to say pet because, like, yeah, I don't want like, to be too dehumanizing if they actually do have like a a, <laughs> a a real human mental life and just like can't. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. The, you know, so the way Aubrey cast this spell to make Billy able to talk, but yeah. the spell was like imperfect, and that's why Billy can only say duck and pizza. And I don't know if that's um, because that's what their mental. St- like life like i don't know if that's how they're like mm. intelligent they are yeah and that's like they can only understand certain words or yeah. if it's more like because the translation spell basically was imperfect it's more like it's just like an insurmountable language oh, that's barrier interesting. or something yeah. yeah i'm not sure I'm, I'm guessing that it's like they're kind of more goat than person yeah yeah no definitely yeah um it it kind of reminds me of oh god bugbear the bugbear from balance Oh, Clark? Clark. Because you know how Clark, <laughs> like, Clark's being charmed, it just, it lingered and it lasted for a really long time. Yes. To the point that two arcs later, he, he still came back and saved them until he kind of realized, oh, wait a minute. Wait, I've been under a spell this whole time. You know, like, that's what it kind of uh-huh. reminds me of. Um, yeah, huh. And Clark turned out that's really funny. great, so. Clark did turn out really great. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I really want Billy to... To continue to be a presence in yes. the series, yeah, that that's been our that's been our like ongoing request is that we we keep wanting to have these <laughs> characters that around. we bonded with. Like we want some continuity, <laughs> but you know it is what it is. One thing I thought that was interesting is how much Duck talked about how he lost his powers this episode, whereas yeah. like I think it's still a very fresh thing that happened. So yeah. I think 
in one sense he might be trying to like remind the audience or just like keep it keep it a part of the story like yeah. like make it seem like a real consequence of what happened but it whether this is intentional or not it comes off a lot like duck is so hung up on losing his powers which is funny considering how much he didn't care about having them in the first place or like actively didn't want them so i just think that's like such an interesting internal conflict for him to be like so hung up about this and like so upset about it when when like you know maybe several months ago he would have been like oh thank god now i can be normal yeah yeah it it and see i kind of wonder if he would be so affected if minerva were still in the picture like what if he lost his powers, but Minerva was still, like, there to kind of, you know, guide him and coach him. and That's do all interesting. Stuff. That's actually feel, a good... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's more affected by it now because, it, like, it, it's related to someone he was somewhat fond of, you know, essentially dying. Or at least, you know, um, being removed from the story for the next foreseeable future, like... That's a good point. I, I kind of feel like he's he's definitely affected by it, but also like maybe it's that's how he's expressing like how much of a significant change has has happened. Yeah, I I think it's hard, probably hard for him because he's stuck. I mean, it's kind of weird because it's hard to say how well he was always meant to be part of protecting the gate, even if it wasn't via like Mama and the Pine Guard. Yeah. Because that's what Minerva was also trying to do, sort of, like, independently. Yeah. But, um, God, I fucking forgot where I was going with this. So, oh, no. never mind. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um... You know how they were mentioning being in Roll20 and that mm-hmm. Griffin had the map mm-hmm. of Kepler in there? Has yeah. Griffin posted that map anywhere? Because nope. I'd, nope. love, I'd nope. love to see it. Yep. So... Uh... I remember listening to the balance arc, um, and I remember them saying, oh, yeah, if you want to see our character sheets or any maps or any, like, reference material, it's all up on our Tumblr. And I, I really wish that they would have done that for this, too. I know they're very, very busy boys, and they have, yeah. like, five times more podcasts and graphic novels to work on right now, and they can't really be managing their social media yeah. 24-7. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of wish that we did, because it... Any anything at this point, any any extra amnesty scraps I can get, uh, I I would appreciate a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do we want to move on to the scene with Danny and Aubrey? Oh yeah. Um. Because that's the next thing in my notes. Yeah. That um, chronologically that makes conf- sense. I just want to confirm they have mm-hmm. not said why the monsters at Amnesty can't go back, right? They've been banished. I think. Um, but not. Just, we don't know why. We don't know why they were banished. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Right? It's just it's, yeah. it's understood that they can't go back. Do you think it has to? Do, do you think it's possible? This is just like an errant thought that I had mm. while I was listening to this. But do you think it's possible that like they might have been human sympathizers somehow? Maybe. Maybe that would rationalize why they're able to live on. Earth. Yeah, I was just kind of trying to brainstorm like why. Like normally, if you get like ex patriated no is that when you get kicked out of a country if you get Uh, banished is not the right word but there is a word for when you have to leave uh, mm. no that's the church god what's the word where you get like thrown out of a country i know this word exists can't think of it but that's normally how it happens if you're like a traitor right yeah yeah so i want yeah like i wonder if they did something traitorous i can only imagine it has to do with the war but there's so the many crystal. of them. Yeah, there, I don't there's know. There's so many of them that would have... And I, I kind of figured maybe... 
I it's interesting that you say that. In my head, I always assumed that they were all like independent of each other, that they were all living there with the same punishment oh. but for different reasons. But I think you it's know, interesting that, to think. That's interesting. Yeah, they've never talked about Do you think about Danny it. did it? Oh. Uh <laughs> Well, let me finish my thought, and then I'll go on to that one. Yes, they've please. Never... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> to, 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 to finish up what you were saying, yeah, they've never actually talked about why they're on Earth. But I, I think maybe that this would be, you know, this would make sense. If if anyone was going to bring it up, that this would be the arc to bring it up in. Um, but do I think Danny yeah. did it? Yeah, I think Danny did it. Um, I, was I, totally, <laughs> I was totally expecting a Tom, a Tom Riddle thing. Like, you, brought, you have a book, you have someone who did something, maybe, and doesn't remember it. Uh, it sounds yeah, that's like what Voldemort Travis was me. looking for, too. Yeah, but I, they already oh, said that it's well, it's not it's not a Voldemort thing. So, do you think that Danny is going feral? Do, I do think you think that... that's what that means? Uh... And because when we originally found out about the concept of go- of Sylph going feral, yeah, it was Danny who said it to Aubrey. So yeah. I wonder if this is something Griffin planned and it's because it's kind of like more poetical like or kind of like yeah. foreshadowing almost if Danny is the one who delivers first like brings that up and then later Danny Has goes, going goes on. feral, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you know, it, it'll make um, Griffin's job easier when he's editing it together and he has to come up with flashbacks to open the episode up. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, I, I guess it could be. Uh, given the things that we're being presented with, it certainly seems like that is the logical conclusion. But I'm still kind of mm. holding out hope that there's a red herring in all of this. Because um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah, obvious. It's wa- yeah, this is like... <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Because, I mean, like, when they first... This is... We're back to the... I don't know how mysteries work and how to solve mysteries problem. Even though I felt like I held my own when we were listening to um, Dust. Yeah. But there's definitely... Yeah, either either it's like all big red herring and it's not Danny, or then someone else or it's Danny, and then like I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be in that situation because like it could get real dark, it could get real yeah. grim if like that's the direction this is going, or it could and, not get real grim just depending on how it goes. But I can imagine a lot of very grim outcomes. Yes. Well, the thing is, if it is Danny, then what's the bomb bomb? Where is the bomb bomb in all of this? That's like, a good question. Oh, that's an interesting question. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. If, if Danny is the monster, then the, does that mean that we haven't seen the bomb bomb yet? Or then maybe it is still a possession. Okay. Well, this also still comes. We still at the question then of like where do the abominations actually come from? Because if they are feral sylphs, no, I think if they were sylphs the... that had gone feral, we would know that already. Like, I feel like the mama, I feel like mama and the pine guard would know that's what happens. Yeah, or like, you know how after we defeat a bomb bomb, we see a bright light and we see things like escaping from it or whatever? Yeah. Like, I feel like if it was a, a feral sylph, that they would have returned to their normal sylph kind of. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Um, or maybe they're dead and that's like their sylph soul going to heaven. <laughs> I don't know. Like... Maybe. This is definitely, though, like the most. If if this if we are assuming that the bomb bomb is not Danny, this is we've we said this last episode too, but this is the most human, the most like aware bomb bomb that they've ever faced. Yeah. Which they said in this episode too, they were like, you know, this seems intentional. Uh, this doesn't seem like a yeah. normal bomb bomb, which makes me kind of think, well, maybe it's not a bomb bomb. Maybe we haven't seen it yet. Well, what's weird is that if Danny did it, there 
there has to be a, an abomination, I'm assuming. Otherwise, it would, like, break the schedule. Yeah. Um, it's not just... I don't think it's just going to be like, oh, this one's not about an abomination, guys. Taking a break. Because, like, they come out, every, like, on every a regular... break. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there has to be something happening. So, it's possible that we haven't, haven't seen the abomination yet. And yeah. it's a coincidence that things are popping off with Danny. Um, yeah. And it's still like again. I'm not. I'm not convinced that it's Danny thing isn't a red herring. It could still be, but I think that if it is Danny, I think that'd be more interesting. So I'm kind of like exploring that more. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, so um, she had a book. She had a book with magical ruins. Um, what do you think Aubrey's gonna do with that book? That I don't know. That book was really cool, though. It like really struck me. She was basically holding a grimoire, and yeah. I I didn't realize that like. Griffin was describing it as, like, a book full of the specs, basically, uh-huh. for spells, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like, well, magical okay, spells well. written out. And I didn't realize that that magic was so formalized, could be so did formalized he, in this world. Did he say that it was magic uh, spells? I know he said that it was runes, but I didn't think that... She couldn't read them, so how did she know it was spells? Or I think are he we said that she spells? could... Well, she had her third eye out, so she had, like, some intuitions about it, I think. And I'm pretty sure... Do you want to go back and listen <laughs> to check? I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure he said that it was, like, a spell book, essentially. Mm, okay. But, so, she knows what it is, but she just can't read it. Yeah. Okay. Because I... some of the runes were familiar to her from her training. Because, Griffin said, like, there are some... You can tell there are some pretty powerful spells written yeah. out in here. Yeah. I want her to go talk to her teacher. Um, yeah, that's probably the the most reasonable thing that she could do. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to find an answer to what this book is in their realm. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Gotta go to Sylvain. Do you think if we find out that Danny definitely did it, that mm-hmm. Aubrey would totally cover up for her? Ooh. Well, she already kind of Because, like, did. I can't tell... I don't know. I can't tell. Right now, it seems like... I don't know if Aubrey really thinks Danny did it mm. or is just, like, trying to be protective of her because, like, I don't want you to get accidentally accused. Yeah. Even though I think you actually are innocent. I can't tell. And, like, I'm kind of wondering if, like, if Aubrey found out Danny definitely didn't, if, like, Aubrey is invested in Danny enough that she would try to, like, keep that quiet. Well, so she already kind of is. Like, when she has that book, um, she didn't say that it was from Danny. Yeah, that's said, true. That's true. Yeah. Like, I think she's definitely Although, keeping, yeah. you know, Danny as a priority. But if it actually is Danny, um, I think Aubrey would do the right thing. But I also feel like <laughs> yeah, if yeah, it is Aubrey, that's clear. too obvious. <laughs> this is a pretty big moral quandary we're in. Yeah. It's very interesting. Do you want to move on to the morgue? Yeah, we can move on to the morgue. I think they, they like... They had very good, like, a be- there was a first half and a second half. And they summed it yeah. up really well. Yeah. Like, they were able to separate it out really good. I really liked the scene with the the mortician, I guess. Who's a guy that, he's like, like a, a, the morgue he's doctor? A, no, he's like a Who? morgue tech. Yeah. I don't think he's the mortician. If, if It would have been oh. cool. Oh, the coroner. Like, if it would have been That's the word if, I was looking was for. The Thank you. Because then they could have talked about, like, you know, the coroner's report, but they only had yeah. the, the paper, not the person. Gregor Mortis. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Fucking funny. <laughs> um, I, I, speaking of that name, I love that um, 
I love Justin's running joke of like ragging on Griffin for not being able to improv NPC names. <laughs> that I find that very amusing. I don't um, remember if it was in Taz or Mabim Bam or or something, but I, I vaguely recall seeing or hearing them talking about, oh yeah, if if you tweet about the show, like we'll put you in the show. And I remember thinking, oh look, a new NPC, like who's gonna get it? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they were talking about it in the money zone, probably. Mm, yeah. Um, Duck, okay. Do you want to talk about Duck the Duck had ending? a vision. Or, oh, okay, go ahead. I want to keep talking about the morgue scene, because there's a couple details that I yeah, want to Yeah, the ending cover. of the morgue scene. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah, but go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, okay, so at the very beginning of the morgue scene, mm-hmm. at the very beginning of this chapter, Duck had a vision about the Green Bank Telescope, mm-hmm. like, popping off. Does it mean anything that the the morgue guy, the morgue doctor tech... Was reading a pamphlet for the Green Bank Telescope? Yes. Was that? Yes, was and that I'll, just I'll tell you why. Like, okay, yeah, uh, let's hear it. Yes, because I think the bomb bomb is body snatchers. Mm, mm. <laughs> Fuck, that's right. I oh. just remembered the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because okay, if it is, is right. body Sorry, snatchers, I, yeah. it, that would make sense that, you know, maybe someone took the body of Danny. And yes. So, or and maybe she only survived because she's a sylph, or and or and or maybe they took over the body of Gregor and he didn't survive because he's a human. You know, like I think oh, it's body snatchers. This is interesting. Okay, that's right. I kind of forgot that happened until just now, which is funny because it's like a huge part of the episode. Um, but that that makes me. I think I really do kind of think like, oh fuck, I think Danny did it. But that makes me feel less certain. Although, I don't know how, like, maybe it is two things going on at once, which I think would be really neat, but it it's, well, okay, so let's try to figure out what exactly happened. The, the lab tech is, was that not, wait a minute, walk me through how you think this works, Chelsea, because I'm, like, <laughs> trying to, like, wait, figure from, out. From which part? From the morgue. How did the morgue scene? So the morgue... So the mor- they go into the morgue, they talk to Gregor. Gregor's like, all right, go, just don't tell Sheriff Owens. Um, and then they go back, and they are inspecting the body, and they're trying to do the Ouija board, but it fails. And then they notice, hey, that's a lot of blood. And then they cu- like they pull back the sheet, and it's Gregor. And then the door opens, and then it ends. Does that mean the person they talked to who was reading the pamphlet and who had all this cute backstory about being a Saturday Night Dead fan and everything Mm -hmm. was not really Gregor Mortis yes well so I have I have two (laughs) I have two potential ways they could get themselves out of this one is it it really is a bomb bomb and it's body snatcher two is oh that's my twin my twin's dead I'm in mourning I find that unlikely (laughs) (laughs) I think it's gotta be the first one (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be the first one. But that is, if if that is, like, how did, how much of this did they plan? Like, uh, Griffin didn't tell them, oh, you should go to the morgue, or, or the morgue is, is available for you to explore. Like, if if this is all just coming off the dome, and they just got to this organically, but Griffin just had this ready, and he adapted it to the scene, that's incredible. I know. This is, oh, this is crazy. So, okay, this... This opens up some complications because, you know, um, Ned or Clint decided to, like, 
world build along with Griffin in this scene pretty extensively and like build this character. And yeah. Griffin allowed it. Does that mean yeah. if this thing was using that body, did it also have, or not using the body, but maybe having like imitated the body, like captured its essence somehow? Yeah. Does that mean that it also has access to its his to Gregor's the real Gregor's memories and like it, knew this stuff about Saturday Night Dead or was he just like going along with it? And that's what kind of um, I think is that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, I think maybe he has access to the memories because I don't think like he himself brought up oh don't let Sheriff Owens. Let, like, don't tell him you were in there. Like, he was bringing up these details yeah, what the that I don't think a stranger would have known, you know? But here's... A, okay, here's another thing, and this might solve a Danny problem also. It doesn't... It's, it doesn't seem really to be a body snatcher as much as a shapeshifter because the body was still in the morgue on the dead person table. Like... Yeah. Uh, that... It didn't, like... Whatever this creature is, it didn't go inside that body and inhabit the body. Yeah. It was more like, maybe it just, like, saw that person and was able to change into them. Which, if that's what this thing can do, it could have seen Danny and changed into Danny. Yeah. Although, I don't know why that would require Danny having, like, amnesia about what happened last night. Um, maybe yeah, the see, process... That's, that's what doesn't... Well, if, maybe... If Danny had... If, if she had had, like, an actual alibi... Then I think I feel like that would further support our oh it's a shapeshifter or a body snatcher or something, but then that wouldn't be fun. So, well maybe this thing can't just like see someone and then become them. Maybe it has to like get them. Like it has to do do something to them. Like touch them In- or like them. have have some kind of like ritual or like I don't know just like make some kind of like physical connection to them somehow. And, like, yeah, maybe yeah. it had to, like, do something to Danny, and then, like, Danny got, I don't know, knocked out, and then that's how it was able to assume her form? I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know what would be trippy is if those hornets that had been mauled in the attack, if they had, cut, like, if they came back, or, and what if they were like, oh, I'm not actually dead, you guys, I'm right here. Oh, fuck. Then that would be, like, body snatchers. Yeah, you know? fuck. Because what, oh, what if that Gregor Mortis guy, what if he's not actually a mortician or, or anything? What if he was just a dead body, and then the bomb-bomb just was there and was like, oh, this is handy. I have a I have an identity now. Fuck, you yeah, know? that's creepy. That would be so cool. <laughs> God, yeah, I don't know. I feel very confused about who Gregor Mortis is for real now. Although, yeah. assuming that... There is, was actually a person named Gregor Mortis in town who was a fan of Saturday Night Dead. I really like, there's kind of like this running thing that I think Clint is actually putting a lot of the legwork into making part of the story. But like, it feels like Ned is not very popular in town and like a lot of people don't like him and resent his business. But I really, yeah. that being the case, I really love the idea that he actually has this like small core fan base of people who like really like Saturday Night Dead and like yes. follow him and it's like might be yeah. people who are kind of like people who feel like outsiders maybe like the local gang yeah. leader the mortician the like dopey deputy you know like I really like that kind of image of like the people in this town I think it's very fun I think it's really fun too of all of the characters that have grown up in and around Kepler like mostly just duck I feel like Ned is more rooted in the town yeah. Uh, enough. Yeah. Although that's Ned has, funny. or Duck has had like his whole like life 
and and his whole high school connections and and how he brings up random people and they he forces them into being yeah um, you see i feel like in some ways you see more you see you see how Ned and the town interact more than you see how Duck and the town interact. And maybe it's just I because think... you see Duck interacting with individual people, but there's kind of more of a sense of how the whole town feels about Ned. It's that, and I also think it's because um, Ned is oftentimes, like, a- an adversary of a lot of townspeople. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, maybe it's more standout then. Like, the relationship is just more salient because it's kind of adversarial. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um... I think that was all of my notes. I think that's all of mine, too. It was a very very straightforward episode. It was only maybe 50 50 minutes of them actually talking. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I, I, now, once I remembered the ending, very, it was really creepy, Mm -hmm. and the music was really good. That was a good ending. It was. Yeah, I'm into it. I like it when they end with cliffhangers. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, All right, Rach, where can people find us? Uh, well, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at taztalkpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Tumblr at taztalk.tumblr.com, um, or you can find us in the iTunes podcast website store app. Don't know how to describe it still. Gotta, <laughs> gotta <laughs> workshop this off air. Okay, now you go. <laughs> <laughs> or you can also uh, tweet at us. We are on Twitter because we are at taztalkpodcast. Hell yeah. All right. Um, is it body snatchers? Shapeshifters? Rach, my money's on body snatchers. All right. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see y'all next time. All right. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.